I'm Julie. And this is a Good Story is Hard to Find podcast. Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface. Yeah. And and what's reality in this one? Um, It's impossible to say. (laughs) Notorious. um, Directed by uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Kind of a famous fella. In Mm -hmm. uh, 1946. Yes. 1946. (laughs) <laughs> way back. Way back, way back. Hard to think how old this movie is. Yeah. It feels current in a lot of ways. It does, it does. So this is one of Hitchcock's really famous movies, not for being scary, but for being a thriller. Yeah, and I, I read what Ebert had to say about this. This is one of his four-star movies, four out of four. <laughs> uh, couldn't afford the fifth star. But he, he always he always rated out of four, right? Um, right. But yeah, he said it, just his very first paragraph. Notorious is the most elegant expression of the master, meaning Alfred Hitchcock, his visual style. And then he says, just as Vertigo is the fullest expression of his obsessions. Ooh. So yeah, so he says, elegant expression of the master's visual style. I guess that explains why I hate Vertigo. Hmm. All those obsessions. Yeah, yeah. But this movie, um, you know, it's such a great movie, but it can be very hard to like. Yeah, it's one of those things, I think, that it's the likable character thing, I think, where you're, um, you know, it's hard to like the people in it. You know, you're not not coming away saying, oh, these are are wonderful people that, uh, you know, I'm rooting for this, right? Yeah, he cast against type. So you see, I can imagine seeing the movie poster back then going, ooh, Ingrid Bergman, Cary Grant, Claude Rains. I loved him in Casablanca. (laughs) And then you see the movie and you're like, who did Cary Grant turn into? He's Mm. so disagreeable. I just wanted to slap him for most of the movie. (laughs) Ingrid Bergman, you're like, oh, floozy is a nice word for what she's doing. Mm. Um, And... Of course, it's necessary to the plot, but it also adds that element of interest. I mean, I can't think of anything I've seen Cary Grant do better acting in. Mm. Because you think of how likable he is and how we're predisposed to give him a break and stuff. Yeah. Oh, no. Not in this. So, <laughs> anyway. No, not in this. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's difficult, <laughs> to say the least. The most likable person in it is the Nazi. Yeah. And isn't that an interesting thing to put out there in 1946? Mm-hmm. I mean, we just yeah. had finished the war, you know? And the government agents are reprehensible in their lack of morality. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I wonder if this was turning everything on its head or if that was, you know, a common type of thing to have in a movie at that time. It yeah. feels to me like it was, it was not, but maybe I'm wrong. No, me too. 1946. That's not what you think of in your movies, maybe the 1960s or seventies. Yeah. Right. Especially the seventies, right. but it's that thing in one sense. Um, and I, I'll give that summary in a minute, but it's that sense of you're looking at the seamy underbelly of what's necessary to preserve freedom. Hmm. And you're also looking at a, the big, big issue 
is trust. Yeah. Who do you trust? Why? What happens to gain or lose your trust? And it's all wrapped up in a love story. And there's a um, podcast I listened to called uh, Classic Movie Musts. Hmm. And he did a, was it a two or three part series on Hitchcock, different movies. And his point was Hitchcock, you think he's making horror movies and thriller movies, but almost always, and I don't, I haven't seen Psycho, so I don't know. But most of the time, what you're looking at is love stories. They're wrapped in these other story genres, but it's, you're always interested in the main pair. Yeah, I definitely was in this one. I mean, mm-hmm. it was actually kind of steamy without being uh, graphic. Oh. You know yes. what I mean? It was just oh. like, whoa, <laughs> wow, you know? Yeah, the um, sequence with all those little kisses. Yeah, yeah. That they did to get around the censors. To get around the censors? What does mm-hmm. that mean? This is known as the Hayes Code popularly because Will H. Hayes was the president of the motion picture producers and distributors from 22 to 50, 45. And what happened was <laughs> these movies were kind of like the movies from the 70s in the beginning. They were showing stuff like, oh, my goodness. And regular middle America was going, we'd like to be able to go to the movies <laughs> and not have our morality corrupted, please. Mm-hmm. And so the movie industry was getting worried that the government was going to move in with a set of standards. And so they set their own standards up ahead of the government. Oh, And mm-hmm. these were the things of – um, the one of the famous things is you can't have a double bed for a married couple. So think about in Notorious, their beds oh. were well, they were mm-hmm. in separate bedrooms because they were almost like Lord and Lady. But um, in England, where you think of them having separate bedrooms, <laughs> but like the um, the Dick Van Dyke show, yeah, yeah, where Rob and Laura had twin beds, right, right. Well, that's why mm. that kind of a code. You weren't allowed to show people kissing longer than. Was it 30 seconds? It was a ri- ridiculous. If people were sitting on a bed next to each other and kissing, they every each person had to have one foot on the floor. Hmm. I mean, these were all these guidelines to try to get around any kind of steaminess, as you say. <laughs> so uh, they finally, in the 60s, the, people started breaking the code. They started getting away from the studios, which are the ones enforcing it, and doing their own independent thing. And then everybody else had to break out of it to keep up. Mm-hmm. And the public went along with it a lot more easily in the late 60s and 70s than they did in, you know, 1946 yeah. or before. So, um, let's see. Well, Did that's I... fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, somehow I thought we talked about it. So the code. Yeah, I, I believe I believe that we did. You know, I yeah, don't and know I can't I can't mm-hmm. ever remember. But mm-hmm. so the code kind of went into place in 1930 and it started getting really enforced by the studios in 1934. So by then you really had a strong adherence. And so in order to get around this, you can't kiss and go into the bedroom and do all these things. You just had to hint at it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, he did this thing with all these little kisses that they give each other in these scenes where they're moving from the balcony to the phone to the, and <laughs> I think in the, notes it says uh, you know the two actors were like this is ridiculous <laughs> this is going to look dumb oh, they wow. did it mm-hmm. and of course it worked you're just like oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> yeah there, there is just this underlying just boiling you know um mm-hmm. that they they were able to do between them and 
there's a lot of things, I mean, we'll have to do a summary, but there's, there's a lot of things that were, I don't know, I guess assumed, you know, without showing them that were shocking. Oh yeah. You know, what, what she was doing for her job or what what she, you know, if yeah for her country. Right. (laughs) So you're just like, wow, this is happening, you know? Oh yeah. I have a new playmate. Kind of a, a weird way. It was like for him, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? For Cary Grant. She was oh, doing yeah. it for Cary Grant. Right. Right. Okay. Well, so let's do the summary so sure. we can talk about this stuff. Okay. Yeah. So it opens and we're seeing somebody in a courtroom being convicted for being a Nazi spy. Mm-hmm. And he's go. He's dragged away shouting, you know, we'll get you all. You'll go down. The Germans will live forever. <laughs> so he's not so. Mm-hmm. And um, then you see the reporters and they're swamping around his daughter. And that's Ingrid Bergman. Who's making no comment and leaving. And she's then having this big party that night with all these friends, super drunk. And uh, they're in Miami. So it's exotic. You know, it's the little cute bungalow. It's the palm trees. And um, in fact, this is all in exotic locations. But it's so seamy because you rarely see the exotic location. You're just with these horrible, awful people. And uh, there's a gate crasher. And at first, we only see him from behind. She's mm-hmm. talking to him. He's not answering. It turns out it's Cary Grant. And she's interested in him. So she gets rid of everybody and wants to go driving. And she's testing him mm-hmm. because she is so drunk. I was nervous watching it. <laughs> and he's he's letting her drive. And mm-hmm. then they get pulled over by a cop. And the cop is going to take her in because she is rightfully uh, should be taken in and not driving. And he... Cary Grant shows the cop something in his wallet and the cop's like, oh, sorry. And he salutes him <laughs> and leaves. <laughs> and yeah. she's like, wait a minute. What <laughs> happened here? You're yeah. a fed, aren't you? Forget <laughs> it. And um, I think that's when he knocks her out, right? Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, she's fighting so hard. He, she won't let him drive and she's so mad at him and she wants him to get out. And we don't see it directly. Mm-hmm. It's behind his body, but he gives her a punch. Tight slap. Knocks her out. And I'm like, oh, okay, this and, is and, not and, the Cary Grant yeah. I'm used to. A powerful tight slap it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> she wakes up the next morning and he explains that they want her to come and do some undercover work because – the not, there are Nazis in Rio de Janeiro who are doing something, but they can't figure out what it is. And they need to get someone on the inside. And because of her father, they will trust her. Mm. And she says, oh, no, I'm just like them. And he plays a recording they'd taken of her standing up going, I love this country. I'd do anything for this country. I hate all of you. And we find out how much doing anything from your country means later, as you were saying, <laughs> <laughs> and what your country will ask. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And um, so she decides to go along with it. Mm-hmm. And um, then they get to Rio. They're hanging out for a few days. And they start to kind of like each other. And they start to kind of fall for each other. And she starts to reform because she's been known as an alcoholic, a binge drinker, also somebody who this is when it really starts getting hinted at strongly is, you know, she'd just sleep with anybody who comes along. Yeah, yeah. And so what you see is she's now happy, so she's not drinking as much. Mm -hmm. She's not 
flirting with anybody. She's And so you get the point there that this is because she's been very unhappy. That's how she's been acting out. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> yeah. Cary Grant starts to let himself fall for her and pretty soon they're having little tiny kisses <laughs> all the way to the phone. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then he gets the assignment and the assignment mm-hmm. is that we want to get somebody into the house as close as possible <laughs> to the main guy. And I keep calling him Sebastian. What's yep, his that's first right. name? Sebastian oh, okay. is him. Yep. Oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. then there's Madam Sebastian. Anyway, mm-hmm. whatever his name is. So um, they want her to hang out very tightly with them, do whatever it takes to get information. And Cary Grant stands up for her and they're like, her, you know what she's like. And he's like, okay. So he goes and tells her, but instead of saying, I don't want you to do it. This is awful. He turns it into a kind of a horrible test. She's like, I'll do it. But didn't you even tell them that I, maybe I was different. (laughs) And he's like, that's not up to me. It's just a job. And, you know, yeah, just, and he says oh. that even though he really did say, uh, mm-hmm. can we not do this? Yeah. You know, so. It's like, maybe yeah. she's changed. Maybe she's different now. <laughs> I mean, he was really, yeah. that's the one yeah. sympathetic moment. And then he's just awful mm-hmm. to her. And so she goes ahead and does it. Because she's like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, it's your choice. Mm. He's just not giving her a bit of help. Not a, not a bit of help, yeah. Yeah, and we feel for her. And so she does it, and uh, pretty soon she's pretty close. She's and getting she's the good info. At it. <laughs> she's really yeah, good so, at it. Well, he uh, and Sebastian had had a crush on her. Uh-huh, when he right. and, and also he's a lot older, so that's interesting too. I guess this isn't as quick a summary as it could be, but it's interesting because they're like, he was a friend of her father's, but he had a super big crush on her, and she kind of like ran away however many years ago to get away from him. Mm. So he still has this crush on her, but he instantly starts talking about, Oh, well I'm so old and you're so young and beautiful. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, first of all, nice way to bridge the age gap, but also to give him both the other two are insecure, Cary Mm. Grant and Ingrid Bergman, but he's right up front with it. Yeah. yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. he's asking for reassurance. And so we see her manipulating his uh, insecurities. Now, He's a Nazi, mm-hmm. and we see him behaving like a Nazi at one point, although he's so removed from the conversation when they send off poor Emil to die mm. that he just makes one little comment. So you're kind of allowed to still like him. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so... Yeah, again, yeah, he is being shown in a in a pretty positive light, you know, other than saying, you know, hey, he's a Nazi and he's our enemy. Um He's not doing a lot to show us that he is. Right. There isn't that moment in the movie where you say, oh, this is a bad guy. This is is horrible. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. It's only hinted at because we only see him in relationship to his love for Alicia, which is Ingrid Bergman's character. The one moment you get a hint is there's a meeting that shows these people talking. And this one guy, Emil, had kind of gotten really upset at the sight of a wine bottle. Mm-hmm. So he got really, and everybody went, what? No. And Alicia was over for dinner and noticed it. Mm-hmm. So that's their clue for the rest of the movie on what they're trying to chase down. But because Emil's been a little tired lately and made a few slips lately, <laughs> they decide this really sinister looking guy is going to take him for a ride up a tall mountain. <laughs> Maybe there's going to be a car accident. Yeah, Who can take stay? a ride up a tall mountain. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. poor Emil. 
I'll drive you home, Emil. Oh, oh, no need to do that, Emil knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's kind of a little mouse of a character, so you feel sorry for him. Mm-hmm. But And Claude Rains uh, looks like Sebastian, looks like he's just thinking about other things until uh, they're getting ready to leave. And he goes, well, I hope you feel better, Emil. And Emil goes, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And you're like, oh, he's not nice. He's just not engaged. Mm. Yeah, he's yeah. he's listened to all this and never said a word against it. Mm-hmm. That's all true. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the one hint mm-hmm. we have at what he really can be like. So, anyway, um, they've had the hint. They don't know what it means, and Emil, I mean uh, Sebastian, is insanely jealous of Devlin, which is Cary Grant's character, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. But uh, they decide that they're going to talk. Sebastian into having a huge party. Oh, wait, first she marries Sebastian. Yeah. He asked her to marry him. That she's was, like, that well, was you quite a scene. And he goes, well, I yeah. guess that's the job, isn't it? <laughs> it's your choice. And she's like, damn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was oh, quite a like, scene when she, she showed up at the American's the place. Yeah. At the government yeah. place and says, Hey, I had to seek you out, you know, because something's going on and I can't find Devlin. <laughs> right. And then she says, yeah, he wants me to marry him. What do you think? Yeah. That was, that was a scene. He said, um, oh, this is perfect. Are you willing to do it? And she's mm-hmm. like, well, if that's what you want, you mm-hmm. know, and you're just yeah. like, oh, my gosh. Right. Wow. But, and Devlin's there. He's not liking it. Um, and the boss, you can see that he knows that they're attached, but he's really kind of a jerk about it mm-hmm. in a pleasant way. He yeah. seems nice, but he's not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they're like, this is genius. And so they go on a very brief honeymoon. And uh, then when they come back, they decide she's going to ask to have a big party to be introduced to everybody in the neighborhood and society. And Devlin will come so she can show Devlin how happy she is with Sebastian. And Sebastian goes, that's a good reason. What they really want is for Devlin to get in so he can look in the wine cellar and see what's up with these bottles of wine. Mm-hmm. And from there, it all goes very much south. <laughs> um, I don't know how much... I, we've told a lot of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't seen um, the movie, by all means do. Oh yeah. And um, I've run into several people mm-hmm. who haven't seen it cause it's not one of the big, big names, mm-hmm. although it should be. Yeah. It ought them. to be. Mm-hmm. Well, and it is, I think, but I think people just haven't seen it. So it, it's super suspenseful when they're, the party's going on. It is super um, suspenseful. The aftermath of the party and everybody's actions after that. And of course, you're just still so mad at Cary Grant <laughs> that you can't stand it. Yeah. I felt the same way. Oh, yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. It's, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. Cary, um, Cary Grant's character, yeah. he was he was nasty. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, it was pretty clear that they... They hit it off immediately. I think they more than hit it off. Yes. I think that's one of the, it's not really told to us, uh-huh. but when she's yeah. like, oh, do you want to stay till dinner? And I'm yes. like, because oh, you know where the bedroom is? Is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that's what I mean by there's this insinuation stuff that, you know, you're just filling in the blanks of, of what you're given. And um, yeah, so there, there is all this stuff that's happening, especially, you know, when she gets to Sebastian and you know that that's what she's doing, oh, yes. you know. Um, but you know, Cary Grant. Um, I, I think that the the moment that I really uh, the the dislike really 
clicked in pretty hard was, um, uh, well, first of all, it was in the conversation where he was telling her what the assignment was. Oh, right. Yeah. And that was just, that was just brutal what he was doing to her. Yeah. Um, you know, and just, you know, saying, well, it's your choice and everything and not giving her anything like you said. And then, um, it physically manifested itself when they were side by side on the horses and he kicked her horse. Oh. So, you know, and, and that then right then you, you were like, okay, he's going to do anything. Uh, he'll put her in danger. It doesn't make any difference. He's just mm-hmm. going to do it. And he has this manner about him. That's almost, uh, Gosh. you know, it's, it's, um, uh, I don't know. I'm trying, like to, trying to think of the words. It's what? It's like a knife. Yeah, it is like a knife. But like he's, he's slashing her with a knife. With yes. His, but using his agreed, tongue. Agreed. Oh, and he's, he's got this, um, this attitude that is just hard to take um, all the time. Um, yeah. Sort of this, I don't know. He's dismissive and mean and Yeah, scornful. dismissive, mean, yeah. And he's like, you know, I know best kind of a thing. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. And in that sense, I wonder when you were saying the way he was talking to her, um, when he's giving her the assignment, he won't give her one scrap of comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if, in a sense, he was punishing her for all the affairs she'd had before him. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, it just occurred to me that that could have been. But, you know, they give him one moment toward the end when he's like, I was a fool. I was, mm. you know, I was I was just so hurt and upset and everything. And I'm like, no, that's you needed another couple <laughs> lines to explain something more. Yeah. That was yeah. more than that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You were being really cruel. Yeah, right. And, um, yeah. Yeah, and then on her part, you know, I'm putting a lot of subtext in what she was saying and experiencing in that same scene. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, she wanted something from him for him to just give her an indication that, that one, he liked her, right, or loved her. Mm -hmm. And two, this is something that we have to do for the country and together we're going to take this on, you know. Instead, right. it was you were alone, right? She was alone. Mm-hmm. And the and I felt like she was taking the step and deciding to do it because she thought that it would help her with him. It it was almost like oh. it was almost like she she was doing it for him in kind of a, a really um dysfunctional way you know yeah where she was like okay well i'm still going to be close to him and i'm gonna get to do this and then he'll know that i'm loyal and uh the kind of person that he would Mm want to be around you know it's really to prove herself yeah yeah exactly it's funny i didn't get that feeling i felt like she did it because she because you're right when she's Pleading and begging, you know, didn't you stand up for her and say I'd changed mm-hmm. and say? So she wanted assurance that he did love her, really yeah. love her, and it wasn't just another fling. Mm-hmm. And that um, you're right, that he was in it with her and he would support her and everything. But also, I think when she says, okay, I'll do it, I felt like that was a return to her previous self loathing. And it could be. It, yeah. And it could have been both of them, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. You know, so a return to the self loathing is her. Just saying, well, here I am in another dumb relationship, yeah, worth, and yeah, and I'm worth yeah, I'm nothing. I'm worth nothing more than this, so I might as well mm-hmm. sell my body for my country, essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but you but know, she, she just so clearly wanted something from him. 
Well, because that scene in the garden where um, Sebastian is coming and they're, they've just gotten out of the wine cellar and uh, he's like, come over here and kiss me. So it can look like he kind of attacked her and yeah, this is their yeah. excuse for why they're down there. And then they're kissing and they're really kissing. Yeah. yeah. And there's like, and he's like, Oh, oh, oh yeah. Okay. I'm going in for one more, you know, and she's like, Oh, Deb, Deb. Oh, I just, I love you. And, and, and you're just like, Oh yes, this is how it should be. And mm. that's the moment when you can start feeling sympathetic with Cary Grant again. That's yeah. the moment when you see how she feel, he feels and she can see it. She knows, Oh, you couldn't kiss me like this, you know? And then, um, the so then when he's upset with her when she's not feeling good because you know we're clearly well into spoilers she's being slowly poisoned Uh um and he's just then bitter Mm -hmm. you know and but you can understand him better he's let her see how he really feels right he's let that out right yeah 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 you do love me yeah and then she's responding to that yeah yeah and they and and that was that was it's just such great writing. Um, oh again, gosh. what's the guy's name again? Um, Ben Hecht, ben Hecht I think that's it. Yeah, it. you mentioned to him as a favorite. We've we've run across him before. Um, yeah, but do you know he wrote Guys and Dolls? No, that I didn't adapted remember. it from Damon Runyon's I didn't story. Remember. Uh-uh. Yeah, I'm sure I knew at the time, but I didn't remember, right? But Ben Hecht is, um, I mean, it, it was just a great script, um, because. He set up that scene where Cary Grant walked her out of that house in oh. front of everybody. Yes. And they couldn't do anything about well, it. Well, yeah, because he used Sebastian's fear yeah. against him. Exactly. And Madame yeah. Sebastian, his mother's uh-huh. fear against him. <laughs> it was it was just awesome. I mean, yeah. that is a that is a great scene right there. So <laughs> when he slides her into the car and gets in after her and uh-huh. shuts the door, he's like, Oh no, wait, let me in. And he goes, Oh no, you're not coming. Yeah, yeah you're on <laughs> your own bed. This isn't yeah. my problem. Well, and it's interesting that that moment, and I know we're skipping around now, but that moment, um, do you remember the scene where she suddenly realizes she's being poisoned. She's mm-hmm. like, Oh no, don't drink that cup of yes, coffee. They yes. say to the other guy. And she's like, Oh, what? oh <laughs> yeah. no. What? And she's standing up and she's trying to get away. And all she can see in front of her is these two shadows. Do you feel all right? Are you okay? Yes. Yes. And it's, you know, him and his Sebastian and his mother. Uh-huh. And um, when he turns around, this is one of the most famous scenes in the movie. He turns around and there's the two Nazis who are standing with the open door going, come here, Sebastian, we want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And he's very slowly trudging up the steps toward them. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the movie. And I was like, when I was watching it, I went, oh, that's like a bookend to that. Mm. Your nice. doom has been sealed. So and no one's going to save you from this. Yes. Right. Which that's the you know vision of the director, of course. Yeah. Yeah. No question. But. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so the whole movie, really, um, when you look at it, it's about trust and duty and love. Mm-hmm. How much will you do for duty? What does what does love demand that's different? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how much do you trust each other? Because, you know, Devlin, he turns the whole thing into a test for her because he's afraid to trust her. Yeah, yeah. And Sebastian trusts too easily and mm-hmm. it becomes his doom. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah, and it, it was it was reluctant trust, you know, because he he was always worried about Devlin from the first moment. Yeah, and then uh, he says, "Well, you know, I can." I can tell you a way where you can tell me that you you don't love him anymore. Prove you love me. <laughs> yeah, let's get married. And yep. even then, he's super jealous. Super, yeah, super jealous. Oh man. Yeah. And you get it. Oh, yep. it's me versus Cary Grant. Oh crap! <laughs> Dang it, man! <laughs> I can't <Yeah>. win. <laughs> oh, poor Cary Grant. Well, and it's also <laughs> you know then, and it also brings up how much do you trust your country? Look what they're asking her to do. Yes. And th- is and that, this really yeah. necessary? And that's an amazing thing. You know, I wonder if there were stories at the time, you know, I, I mean, war is war is hell, right? Yeah. Some things that happened during World War II or something that were starting to make people question. Um, but gosh, it's just it, it just blows me away that this was 1946, this movie. Yeah, it, well, it's a really cynical look at what, is needed sometimes, I think. Well, and it's also a classic spy story. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yep. They're always asking horrible things of people right. absolutely for the greater are. good. Yeah. And I'm sure that in World War II, well, I know that we did. <laughs> there were things asked of people. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Just a minute. Let me unfurl my big patriotic flag right here. Yeah, yeah, but... Uh... Something about the movie that's amazing. You know, here we did, you know, we just completely summarized the whole movie, right? And we yeah. didn't talk once about what was in the wine cellar. <laughs> and the, and so, it's like it doesn't make any difference. It's well, like because it, it doesn't. So, yeah. and I think we've talked about this before, but so mm-hmm. Hitchcock had the MacGuffin, or maybe we haven't watched a movie of his where we needed to talk about well, it. What have we watched? We've watched uh, Rear, Window, Rear Window and then yeah. I Confess. Yeah, um, which is an atypical. It's a that's an atypical Hitchcock movie. Well, um, and Rear Window didn't have a MacGuffin because there was a murder to be solved, right? And that mattered. Yeah. yeah. Um. So this is, the, but we must have talked about the MacGuffin. So that's um, mm-hmm. a thing that they give you to try to get or save or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. It's everyone's goal, but it doesn't matter to the story at all. Yeah. The story is about something else altogether. And that's so interesting. when they asked Hitchcock, what it, what about this part? And he went, oh, that's just a MacGuffin. <laughs> and they went, what's that? And he goes, oh, well, you know, the thing you're trying to get or get uh-huh. rid of or whatever, nobody cares. <laughs> and so that's the yeah. wine bottle with the uranium in it. Right. So, yeah, it's like uranium is a big old deal. We don't want anyone having that. Um, but you're right. Yeah. I mean, in the movie, in this in this story, it really didn't have any meaning other than this is what was being hidden. Well, and honestly, it didn't have any meaning when they wrote the script. I don't know if you read this at all. No. So no. they went to ask somebody who was a researcher into nuclear science. And this is dredging from, I talked about this movie with some people about a year ago. So, um, and they said, what about if we had this in it, if we had that? They said, what about uranium? And he goes, oh, I don't know that uranium's that useful. And this is before the bomb went off, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and people knew details and everything, uh, but it's definitely before Hiroshima and all this stuff. Um, in fact, I think, let me look up the date. The date um, of Hiroshima? Hiroshima. That was 1945. Okay. But when they were writing the movie. Yeah. When they were writing the movie, it would have been. 1946. So, yeah. so they leave and they go, well, then let's put that in the bottle. That sounds good anyway. And at the same time, the guy they were talking to is calling the FBI going, okay, so I don't know what these guys know. 
but um, they were here talking about maybe making uranium part of their movie script. Mm -hmm. And so they started getting followed. Really? And watched and tailed (laughs) because nobody knew and it was a huge secret. But they had just stumbled on it as something likely. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. So it's a fun little thing. You know, and, and, and when we think about this, it wasn't that long after this that we were in McCarthy time. Oh, yeah. You know, the paranoia. So, yeah. And what will you do to right. keep things safe? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you have, we're kind of edging toward that. And um, also, you needed these government guys to be like this because if you want to put this, because it is a love triangle. That's all. Mm. That's what this story is. Yeah. And if you want to put this together in a way that forces her into Sebastian's arms, so everyone's having to deal with their trust and their love, mm-hmm. you have to have people willing to do that. And why not have the government do it? The government's always kind of rotten <laughs> in those cases, you know, unless they're upright and noble. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. they're, you know, and anybody running spies are going to be ready to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Yep. And they don't see her as having any morals. They have already said when Devlin's saying, oh, maybe she wouldn't want to do that. Maybe she's changed. And um, they're like, her? Look at her history. Why would we <laughs> think she's changed? And he won't give the one piece of information. Yeah. You know, except, and that's when you see, when you watch this multiple times thinking about it, mm-hmm. as I might have. Yeah. Um, you notice, you know, he's Cary Grant shows up for the meeting about the assignment. He's picked up a bottle of champagne to take home to celebrate their love. And when mm. he leaves, he's completely forgotten it. But the boss has been watching him object. And, and, and he hasn't been bending or changing his manner at all. And then he looks at the bottle of champagne mm-hmm. after he's left. And then other meetings they have with the boss, little things will get said. And he'll kind of look at Cary Grant. Hmm. He's either testing him or he knows. I always felt like he knew. Yeah, yeah. Because you would have eyes on, you know, all your people. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, they're willing to exploit this and no one's speaking up against it. This is where Devlin has, I mean, Devlin did speak up. And if Alicia had said, I won't do it. But it doesn't seem like she has a choice. But does she? Hmm. Of course she does. Yeah, yeah. They could have gotten that information in other ways. This was just the easiest way. Yeah, this was a way, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. She could have said no. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, the posters for this movie, um, most of them have a key on it, right? Yeah. The, uh, oh, the, the cover of the Criterion Collection DVD is gorgeous. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's her hugging um, Claude Rains, who, yes. who we just see his back and then the key in her hand. And that was that was really great too. The uh, so she had a key to everything in the house except for the wine cellar. So mm-hmm. therefore, the wine cellar became. We got to get in there and see what's in there. They had no idea what was even what could be in there. You know, no idea. Right. And then um, so she betrays her husband, but she's there. I mean, her her whole existence is a betrayal to her husband, right? Um, yeah. And she steals that key. And that scene where she did that was was really good. <laughs> well, and yeah. one of the most famous shots in the movie is they start, the party's come, happening. It's very mm-hmm. elegant. And this house is amazing. Yeah. So it's got yeah. this wonderful staircase. And there, so it starts from the balcony high above the entrance hall. And it has an unbroken shot 
that twines all the way down and looks at everything and looks at the people and then ends up on the key in her hand. Yeah. Yeah. And that key is what will open the wine cellar. Mm-hmm. And of course it's also the key that because Claude Rains discovers it missing. Yeah. Um, it's the key to him realizing that he shouldn't have trusted her. <laughs> yeah. And then beginning to poison her. Right. And it's also the key, I think, that she's doing for Cary Grant. Because oh, it, yeah. it, it is the key that she um that unlocks that too, because through the yeah. process of getting him in there, that brought them back together. Yes. And yeah. him trying to, you know, give her a good excuse and everything. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, oh, so I was just looking at these notes I had. So the, the code with the kissing scene. So the three minute, the little tiny kisses, that's another super famous sequence. Mm-hmm. And it takes them from the balcony into the living room to the phone, all these little kisses and this little conversation they're having. And, um, the code was you couldn't kiss longer than three seconds. Hmm. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. <laughs> yeah. Very short. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So when we're seeing them kiss outside of the wine cellar uh, door hallway, those are the three second kisses. Yeah. Yeah. Do a lot with those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing is uh, they liked to. He was doing a lot of stuff with um, uh, perspective. So like when Alicia wakes up and she's got that hangover at the beginning, it's got this huge foreground close-up of some Alka-Seltzer. Mm. Yeah. She needs that because she's such a drinker. And then later on, toward the end, she and she's being poisoned. We all know it's in the coffee. And <laughs> I mean... I've never seen a movie where suspense is created so much out of things like how long is the champagne going to hold out mm-hmm. or is somebody <clears throat> going to drink a cup of coffee? Right. Right. Or is someone going to notice something on their keychain? I mean, these are all such small things that are used. It's no bomb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they have a bomb like effect. And then, so, but at the end she's talking to Anderson, the scientist who's, um, She's still trying to get information from him. Oh, where is it that you're going? You know, up to the mountains. <laughs> that. Yeah, right. And um, even though she's practically dead from poison, not knowing <laughs> it. And as they show them talking, they're kind of in the background. In the foreground is this huge cup of coffee. Really, it's tiny. When they pick them up, you're like, oh, how genteel. Very <laughs> tiny cup of coffee. But the perspective yeah. is such. And they, they jiggered it with a huge cup. But the perspective is such that all we can see is that cup of coffee. (laughs) That's the thing we're worried about. Wow. Um, One last one is when Devlin's playing that secret recording, proving that she's patriotic. um, When she starts listening, she's all in the shadow. And when it goes on, there's bars of light. And when it ends, she's in full light. So it's reflecting the truth that we're being shown Mm -hmm. from listening to yeah that was good stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah so uh looking at ebert again you know so he again he just said that this is the most elegant expression of his visual style um which is interesting you know because it was 1946 it was black and white um you know all the stuff he did after Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i can't say that i disagree i mean i still have hitchcock to watch but um but 
this was really elegant, you know, just in the, just all the things that you just described are proof of what he's saying. Mm-hmm. This is just his style. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then the stairs, um, the, the, you know, how long it took them to get down the stairs was, was suspenseful in itself. You know, yes. when, when he's taking her down there and there's a conversation going on all the way down. Yeah. They're standing there going, well, what's wrong? Where are you going? Where's what's happening? Yeah. And Madame Sebastian at that point is like, answer them, answer them, say something, you know? Yeah. She wants to save her son's life. It does occur to me, one of the things is that we haven't really talked about in this movie at the end. And of course, you feel like they have to have more conversations, obviously. But they forgive each other. Yeah. They have hurt each other terribly. Um, especially Cary Grant. Yeah. <laughs> but our worst failings are forgivable and repairable. And no matter how compromised we are, we have to love each other. Mm, yeah, that's that's beautiful. That's a nice conclusion to make of all that. You know, the fact that they they were repairable, even though sometimes we feel like we're not or that we've done something that's not repairable. Because you, you especially see Alicia, she's the one who's really been reprehensible at the beginning and the way her behavior seems so loose. Mm-hmm. But the movie is kind of it's almost kind to her in the way it's kind of explained and shown. And to have a movie with the heroine being, you know, sleeping around and a drunk, um, it, it turns her into somebody, though, that we understand and sympathize with. Mm-hmm. And Cary Grant's the one who can't seem to look past that. Yeah. But he has to forgive her for what he knows of her past, and she has to forgive him for what she endured. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it doesn't mean, like I said, that in, you know, of course, <laughs> this isn't real life, but if it were, think of how many things, ways we all hurt each other. Mm. And we have to be willing to have the conversations or have some kind of charity to get past it if the other person allows it. True. Yeah. It is a, a two way street there with people, right? People to people. And, and God's the same way. You know, that's what, that's why we, when we go to confession, that's why we're talking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not internal. It's let's talk. Yeah. And then you try to become a better person. Yeah. Us, us being able to move on despite what we've done in the past. Mm-hmm. And we need it. <laughs> right? Yes, we Without do. Without that, we'd have a large pile of things dragging around all the time. Yeah, it would be total chaos. And, and of course, I guess these days it's inevitable we come back to looking at the state of our country or our society. Because what you're seeing is a lot of chaos and a lot of um, very angry and hurt and upset people. And... Um, the, but the ones who are in opposition to each other don't seem willing to talk. They just are, they're all carry granting it up. <laughs> <laughs> they're just digging in yeah. and being nasty to each other. Not giving anybody anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I, I agree with that. I think that's a big problem. You know, the other thing is that I really find interesting is watching Claude Rain's character. Like you said, he, he's never secure with Alicia. He's always jealous of Devlin, and he never looks deeper in terms of saying, telling himself the truth. Yeah. 
in terms of questioning her more deeply. He's he's also putting out tests for her, you know, marry me. It's a test. I mean, he does love her. Yeah. But it's a test. Yeah, and it, there's some I think that his mom has something to do with that. I oh, meaning yeah. meaning that his relationship with his mom um, <laughs> it's you very know, so, unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I mean, she's there and then he he's separating himself from her which is um, demonstrated most by him going in there to get the keys and he's has an argument with with her and he's basically saying you're you're not in charge of the house my wife is in charge of the house now mm-hmm. give her the keys and then she's given the keys and then um, later on when he discovers that she is a spy he goes to his mom right yeah and he's he says uh, Hey, my wife is an American spy, and now they're back into a team. <laughs> yeah. Well, and right? he's had to come to her for help. She's mm-hmm. the one who's going to think them out of it. So yeah. he's a little boy again, really. Right. And he says to her when he's dating Alicia, I think it is, or maybe it's when he says they're going to get married, and she's, you know, putting it down and everything. And he goes, You always got in between me and every girl I ever wanted. Mm, yeah. Um, and so you can see it's not just that she doesn't like Alicia. She's very controlling and possessive of her son. Yeah. And um, so that's an unhealthy relationship. And he therefore can't even, you're right, he can't trust that Alicia likes him for himself either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but he never stops and examines it. He's kind of just reaching out the best he can for what he wants, mm-hmm. yeah. which is Alicia's love. Yeah. So this is, as you were talking, it occurred to me, you know, the movie Psycho pops in my head, you know. Mm-hmm. Again, there's a mother thing going on there. Yeah. 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 So taking to the next step from this one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I would yeah. say the real, the more healthy look at male-female relationships is in Rear Window. Yeah. Yeah. Which is my favorite of right. Hitchcock. Oh, I, stuff. I still do love that movie very much. Yeah. So, what is your favorite Hitchcock movie then? I, I think it is Rear Window. Um, oh, okay. I, I loved I Confess um, a lot. Oh, that was really good. It was, but it's not a typical uh, Hitchcock, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the subject matter was kind of different than what he and usually And it was earlier, I think. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. But Rear Window is one that I love. And Vertigo, I've seen. Um, you know, I, I, it was interesting. <laughs> it's kind of like taking this one too far, the obsession right. thing. Right. Yeah. It's not a, not a favorite. If you um, had Claude Rains in the movie as the main character, obsessed over somebody. <laughs> right. Right. Um, Strangers on a Train. Oh, that's a great movie. To Catch a Thief. Yeah. That's also good, but lesser. Uh huh. North, North by, by Northwest, Northwest. also yep. good, but lesser. Good, all good fun. Yeah, all they good fun. They can't all be amazing, yeah. but... Yeah. Uh, yep. The birds I've seen, but it's been so long that I can't really say yeah. whether or not it's something I really like or not. Yes, it, it's okay. I mean, I've seen it two or three times. It's all right. It's just a kind of a monster movie, a weird kind of monster movie. Yeah. The 39 Steps is one I like. That's one of his earlier ones. Oh, I don't know if I've seen that. I've read the book a few times. Maybe I've seen it once. Yeah. Also a good one. Yeah, yeah, very good. People liked to, you know, look at his movies and go, oh, this is him. He's obsessed with this. 
And I never know if that's really true so much as, you know, like the mother thing and the blonde thing. I never know if that's really true uh-huh. or if it's just these are the ways that he mentally goes to to express his stories. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You read an author who does that kind of thing time after time. And oh, yeah. You don't know how much that expresses their own inner workings or just how they're telling the story. Yeah. And how often did Hitchcock actually write the movies? Was that common? Or yeah, would, I don't think he did. Yeah, I didn't think he did either. So, um, But he would influence the writer. Sometimes, like for Rear Window, the short story, which I've read a couple times, is uh, the basic bones of it, but there's no um, girlfriend, there's no Thelma Ritter as the nurse, mm-hmm, there's just mm-hmm. the guy who broke his legs and his manservant. Okay. So... Um, and his detective friend. But um, but he had read the story when he was shooting Dial M for Murder, which also starred Grace Kelly. And he went and talked to the screenwriter and um, said, Here, here's the way I see it going. Uh-huh. You know, so a lot of that was his inspiration and the person wrote the screenplay for him. Yeah. But I think a lot of the time he took the screenplay and then would work with it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I believe that because you know otherwise how could it how could you have this commonality? Yeah. Okay, so I have one more question about the movie. Mm-hmm. Does Alicia live at the end? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> of course she does. They get there and they use some of that radioactive sand and it takes care of the poison, it all goes away. And Cary Grant is suddenly a really nice guy. Answered like a true American moviegoer. <laughs> I also agree. Uh-huh. But I saw somebody asking that question in a commentary. What a good and question. I thought, yeah. oh, kind of like you, what of course she What a good she does. question, yeah. But I will ask that question of people because she has been poisoned for a really long time. She has, she has. And of course, she and has been given a sleeping pill. So that's partly why she can't walk. <laughs> but you don't know how much of it is the poison. Oh, man. And um, mm-hmm. I have some very surprisingly had people suddenly stop and a couple people would go, oh, you know what? I don't think she did. But it's okay because they reconciled. I'm like, it is not okay. <laughs> <It's> not- <laughs> but um, it's an interesting question mm. to make people think it past really the is. end of the movie. Oh, it really is. Yeah, that's, that's wide open, isn't it? Yeah. If it was an Indian movie, would she have survived? Oh, absolutely. And they would have shown her happy <laughs> with him in the hospital, possibly singing her a little song where the relatives come in and do a little dance. Oh, my God. Because they're all going to go get married. You bet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that's such a terrific question. But yeah, it didn't even occur to me that she didn't. Didn't even yeah. occur to me. But you're right. No. You're right. Me that's a good, good question. question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes, we're meant to think it's a happy ending, but I'm sorry I ruined it. <laughs> that is really something else. I mean, no, that's that's really cool, you know, that ambiguity there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, why wouldn't I consider that? That's fun. No, because we're yeah. clearly led to it being a happy ending. They love uh-huh. each other. They're together. He has saved her. He has saved her, yeah. Sebastian is going to get his punishment. There's a victory. There's just something nihilist about the other option that, like, all, all that thing, you know, he just went through was for naught. Well, you know, and you that's know? a good point because mm-hmm. as unpleasant as the people are, uh-huh. we know what should happen. We know what the right ending is yeah, for this. Yeah. And it's the ending we all hope for. For everything that we do. <laughs> right. We are all doing things because we want the right ending. Mm-hmm. 
even when we don't agree with each other. Um, That's such a good way to put that. Yeah. Yeah. It's when we lie to each other and don't trust each other and Mm -hmm. lie to ourselves like Sebastian did. Yeah. Um, Because if he didn't do that, he wouldn't have been put in that position. Right. Right. Not that I want the Nazis to get the bomb before we do, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's just something about that too. You can't have a good relationship with somebody that you're lying to. It's just, um, it can, it gets in the way, you know, something that you're holding from somebody. Um, you know, not every relationship you have is deep, you know, so there is that, but I'm saying, you know, in your deep relationships, in your deep relationships, you've got to keep those clear, you know, otherwise they're, it just gets hard. And even though you might not know somebody well, you know, this, this idea of not, uh, being honest with people, it occurs to me, even just the people you meet, you can't look at them and mentally despise them. Right. Right. Like, the grocery store clerk or the, you know, just the person you might meet regularly who you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to care about them one way or the other, but you have to care about them enough to kind of, if you have a chance to think one way or the other, you should think charitably. Yeah. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Which M- Madam yeah. Sebastian was never going to do. <laughs> well, it was her son. Nobody's good enough for that. Uh, that's except for and, her. And not only Ooh. that, but now... <laughs> Now he's not going to be to her, which he has been to her, right? That's Whatever right. that is, yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly, third so, person coming in. Yeah, don't care for it. Don't nope. care for it one bit. Absolutely not. Yeah, and I have to say that actress when he goes to her and he wakes her up and he tells her, um, "I've married an American agent," or you know, "Oh, mm. things are terribly wrong," and she sits up and she goes, "I mean, instantly waking up and going, mm. ah," and this smile it's so cruel and self-satisfied uh, is it devlin she smokes i smoke a cigarette and think about it you know i mean yeah. she's terrible she is she's horrible yeah but the actress was amazing yes yeah she was great very good mm-hmm. yeah and in that sense uh she's a counterpart now that i think about it to the government agents who seem more benign but they're of course <laughs> only thinking about what those people mean to them. Yeah. You know, what Cary Grant and um, Ingrid Bergman mean in terms of being tools to them. Right. Yeah. And when they're walking down the stairs, she's the one that's trying to make sure that Claude understands the implications of everything that's happening. (laughs) It's like, she, she seems to see the whole landscape very clearly. Yeah. And he's like needing to be shaken into that. Yeah. He's paralyzed by Mm -hmm. the whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind so, of imagine that she was well into things, you know. Oh, in yeah. her past, she was, she was part of the the bad side, which the dark is an side interesting question. Then, because mm. we, uh, I asked if Alicia lives, do they kill Madame Sebastian also? <laughs> and yeah, I think the answer yeah. might be yes. There might the be a terrible housewire or a terrible car accident. Yes, yeah, no doubt. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they could never trust her again. Never. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, so it's full of thoroughly unpleasant people, but some of the best clothes you're ever going to see. So, you know, and it's in Rio. Yeah, they knew what they were doing in the 40s, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I think so. Well, yeah, we need a hat like that. Need a hat, wear a suit to work every day. Oh, my God. One of those suits. So elegant. Yeah. So elegant. Yeah. Well, okay. Is Is there anything else you want to talk about about this one? It's a good pick. I mean, it's an excellent pick. 
It's oh, such a good movie. Um, yeah, definitely something to rewatch. Um, something sinister to start us off into October. <laughs> yes. Yeah. People being mean to other people. <laughs> black and white. In black and white. No, but it's it's a tremendous movie. If you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah. a it's a very fine looking movie, but um, but yeah, the all the happenings, man. The uh, that Cary Grant and Ingrid Bergman. That was that was hot. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, just hold out long enough to get to that scene outside the wine cellar. Oh, I'm saying those, were, those three second kisses were the best. <laughs> just wow! Just wow! We've all been dying for it by that time, yeah. so you yeah. know he had to give us something, right? Anyway, all right. And uh, right. next up for us is a novel, uh, "The Shining" by Stephen King. Yeah, we've covered his other biggies, but yeah. not this one. So we did, what, The Stand and uh, Salem's Lot, I think. Have we done the any others? Read, obviously. Yeah, those are good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic stuff. Looking yeah, forward to talking about so The Shining. Talk about a haunted house. Yes. <laughs> yep, for sure. Yeah. Yep, Danny Torrance. And Jack, yep. his dad. That's right. Here we go. Man. Yeah. Yep going to be fun all right (laughs) well thanks for listening everyone yes and we will talk to you soon yeah talk to you in a couple weeks everyone all right bye-bye bye